Hello, I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to another service with Pastor Ray Dieter at Grace Baptist Church. Please check out our website, gbcevansville.org. There, you'll find videos of our youth and children's services, daily devotions, and other ministries our church has to offer. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings for an in-person service where we'll practice social distancing and follow safety guidelines. Now, let's hear what Pastor Ray has to say. I hope that didn't hurt you as much as it hurt me. That was my good ear. Uh, well, good morning. Back in May, uh, Joanna and I were out of town. Uh, I had a meeting of the International Mission Board and so we traveled to that meeting. And on Monday of that week, uh, as we were traveling, I got a phone call from Donnie Davis. Donnie takes care of our yard. And he said, there's been a storm and a big limb out of your neighbor's tree has blown across your fence and it's against your house and I think it's touching the lines. And I said, well, you better call if you would for me. So he called the power company and uh, they came out and uh, said, well, it looks to me like it's not damaged the lines and uh, uh, maybe we ought to get somebody to check. So D Donnie called me. I told Donnie to call Charlie Wolfinger. He has a key to my house. He went in and he came out and he told me, he said, well, the electric's on. Uh, everything's working fine. And they said, well, we'll be back and cut the tree down off later. Well, three weeks later, they showed up and they removed that, that limb. In the meantime, Joanna and I got home, and uh, the first evening we were home, she likes microwave popcorn, and I went and put microwave popcorn in and started the microwave, and the microwave started the popcorn, popity pop, 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 and all the lights in the living room went off and everything else kind of sh shuttered. And I thought, that's strange, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> So I went and checked the breakers, and there was nothing wrong there. And so for the next couple, three weeks, anytime I'd run the microwave, I'd have to turn all the lights off in the kitchen and the living room and those things so that the microwave would run. And my goodness, when the air conditioner kicked on, everything was bad. And Joanna kept telling me, you need to talk to Rodney. Rodney's our uh, head of our maintenance team here and a retired electrician, and ask Rodney about it. And a few days went by, and then a few days, and before you know it, it's getting pretty close to the 4th of July. And we're still shutting off lights when we run the microwave and doing those things. And uh, finally, I talked to Rodney, and he said, well, you need to call the power company. It's uh, it, it, one of the lines coming in is not working right, and it's a, a negative line, I think he said. I don't know all that electrical stuff. So I went home and told Joanna, Rodney says it's an easy fix, just call the electrical company. And she said, well, why don't you call them? I said, well, it's 6 o'clock in the evening, and I'll wait and call them tomorrow. The next day came, and we had some things going on here, and one thing led to another, and I didn't call them. And then the next day came, and Joanna said, have you called the electric company yet? And I said, no, I'll call them now. So I called them, and after 35 minutes of waiting, uh, you're next in line and all that stuff, I hung up. Next day, I called them again, and... Uh, uh, finally, I got through. In the meantime, the microwave started shooting sparks. Do you ever have a microwave shoot sparks? Most amazing thing I ever seen. Man, it looked like Fourth of July in there. Uh, 
Finally, I got through. They came out. They were there within an hour. And the fellow said, well, we need, I can't get back there by myself. We need help. And within 15 minutes, he had help. And within 30 minutes, we had power again. But yesterday, I had to go buy a new microwave because the old microwave died. Now, here's the point. I'd have saved myself $89.95 if I hadn't been procrastinating all the time about getting something done. Just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And finally, I had to pay the price. And it turned out the solution was pretty simple. Are there things like that in your life? That you just dread them? You don't want to do them? You think you're too busy? And you keep putting them off? And you keep putting them off? And you keep putting them off? The Bible talks about that in the book of Acts, the 24th chapter. In the 24th chapter of Acts, Paul has been arrested. And the, the Jewish council wants to bring him before the governor because the governor can punish him more than they can. And the governor at that time is a man named Felix. And so uh, Paul is brought before him. Now Felix is married to a Jewish lady and he knows a lot about Judaism. Um, and so Paul comes before him and he makes his defense. And he says, but this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, meaning Christianity. So I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself also strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. So he makes his defense before uh, uh, Felix. And now we pick it up in the 22nd verse of that 24th chapter. And when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, when Lysus, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision on your case. So he commanded the centurion to keep Paul and let him have liberty and told him not to forbid any of his friends to provide for or visit him. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and he heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid, and he answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given him by Paul, that he might release him. Therefore, he sent for him more often and conversed with him. But after two days, Portius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix, wanting to do the Jews a favor, left Paul unbound. Felix is the king of procrastination. Here is Paul before him who has made a defense of his faith in Jesus Christ and has explained to him the way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's where the term comes from. And he listened to all this, and it, it would seem it came to a point where he should make a decision about Paul, but instead he delayed. He procrastinated. I read recently, David Jeremiah said, the most dangerous word in the Bible is tomorrow. Uh, I love tomorrow. You can do anything tomorrow. I can, I can put off anything tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. It'll be a more convenient time. It'll be better. Uh, it, when we lived in Clay City, the Chevrolet dealership had a sign right behind the cashier that when you came in, you saw that sign. And I loved that sign. It said, free cars given away tomorrow. Uh, the only problem was if you went in the next day and said, I'm here for my free car, 
Don put off, the owner would simply point to the sign and say, you're a day early, we're giving them away tomorrow. And in over 40 years that he had the dealership, he never gave a car away because tomorrow never came. It was always today. And the danger in our lives is that we put off things that are very, very important, both to our faith and, and to our life in general, uh, because they are difficult, because they are hard, because they are inconvenient, and because we dread them. And so we, we procrastinate. I'll take care of that tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. I love tomorrow. It's, uh, as Annie says, it's always a day away. Uh, and here's some things we need to understand. First of all, procrastination is a thief. Procrastination is a thief. It, it, time is ticking away. It really is. Uh, we are closer to the return of Jesus Christ than we have ever been before. Uh, who knows when he will come? Uh, I think it'll be sooner rather than later. And we continue to, to move towards that time, and yet we procrastinate about things. Uh, the greatest gift that God gives you in your life is time. It really is. It's not money. It's not prestige. It's not position. It's time. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who have been diagnosed with a terminal illness, and the one thing they want is more time, just a little more time. I'll take this treatment, it might gain me six months. I'll take this treatment, it might gain me a year. You see, here's what the Scripture says. Remember how short my time is. For what futility have you created all the children of men? What man can live and not see death? Can he deliver his life from the power of the grave? The psalmist writes and he says, look, the, one, the thing that's most certain is that we're all going to die. And so between our birth and our death is this time. For some it's long, for some it's very short. I think of little Lemire. And, and what we need to understand is that we need to make the best use of that time that we can. The, the psalmist goes on and he says, the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason the strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. The, the psalmist said, look, even if you live to a ripe old age, it is very short in the scheme of things, and we all eventually fly away. Our time is short. It is our most valuable possession. And when we are a Christian, we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that a responsibility comes on to us for our time, that we are to be stewards of that time, that we are to use our time here wisely, glorifying God, giving Him the exaltation that He deserves through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that our time is val very valuable to be used that we might live a life that is full and rich and pleasing to God. Uh, procrastination keeps us from using our time wisely. You've done that, haven't you? Something you hated, to, didn't want to do, and you put it off, you put it off, you put it off, and then when you went to do it, do it, it wasn't near as bad as you thought it was going to be. Uh, I used to own an insurance agency. I was a bivocational pastor. And I had an adjuster who came every Tuesday, uh, and we would go out and he would adjust losses, car losses, 
And, and his problem was, it, he could never just tell people the bad news. He could just never bring himself to do that. Now, insurance is very black and white. It is either covered or it isn't. Tree falls on your house, the house is covered, and they pay to take off the tree. The tree falls on your yard, it doesn't hit anything, so they don't pay uh, to clean up the tree. You've got to clean it up yourself. And this fellow's problem was he would go out to people, and he would talk to them, and he'd say, well, I'll go back and I'll study this, and I'll let you know next week. And we'd get in the car, and I'd say, now, you know that's not covered. He said, well, uh, you know, I didn't want to upset him. He'd come back the next week, and sometimes he'd say, well, I, I, I'll, I'll see you in a week. But the longer he put it off, the worse it got, and people would get very mad. Is this covered or not? And so finally I told him, I said, I'm not going to take you out anymore. I'll go, get these things all, and I'll go to, because that procrastination was such, and it just made people mad, and it didn't make it any easier, and it didn't change the fact that the policy wasn't going to pay for it. You see, we, 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 we do that, and, and we're poor stewards of God's time because we don't use it wisely, and we procrastinate, and, and, and we don't understand that sooner is better than later. Almost 100% of the time, sooner is better than later, especially if you got something bad. It's better to deal with it and get it over with. I had a lady in the church I served, a sweet little lady, 80 years old, bad knees. Went to the doctor. He said, Marjorie, you need a knee replacement. She said, well, let's see. She put it off and she put it off and she put it off. One year went by, two years went by, three years went by. She went back to the doctor and he examined her knees and he said, Marjorie, you've waited so long, we cannot do the surgery anymore. It won't help. There's nothing we can do. Uh, this is back in the 70s before it got as advanced as it is. So she suffered through the rest of her life with the pain and agony because she'd been putting it off. Sooner is better than later. Procrastination is a thief. It robs us of our time. It robs us of our joy. It robs us of the hope of the future. Procrastination. Abraham Lincoln said, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by avoiding it today. Procrastination digs a grave and buries opportunity. Look at Acts 22 again. But when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned the proceedings and said, when Lysus, the commander, comes down, I will make a decision for you. And after some days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Jesus. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment, Felix was afraid, and he answered, go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. He heard Paul's explanation of the gospel. He knew a lot about Judaism, and he had studied even, it says, the way, as it was called. And he knew these things, and Paul was very clear to him in expressing to him that Jesus was the first to rise from the dead, and because he rose from the dead, all those who put their faith and trust in him will be resurrected into a glorious eternity with him as Lord and Savior. He couldn't have made it any plainer than he made it before Felix, but Felix put it off. He put it off. He said, well, we'll wait till later, and then his wife comes, and, and while she's there, Paul goes through all this again, and, and, and he is actually 
under conviction. If you read that, that verse, it, it says Felix was afraid. He was under conviction. The Holy Spirit was working on his heart and saying, listen to this man. Listen, this is true. Listen, this is the way to life eternal. But he put it off, and he put it off, and he put it off. The Holy Spirit speaks to the heart of the lost. And we can either deal with that in our lostness, or we can keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. The, Felix had some false assumptions that go along with procrastination. He says there'll be a more convenient time. So there'll be a better time. I'll send for you later. Paul, when we can talk about this, when it's better for you and it's better for me and it's just a better time uh, for us to, t to talk about it. James, in the fourth chapter, he talks about this. He says, come now, you say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. More convenient time. I've told, uh, I think it's been several years, but my aunt and uncle, who have since gone to be with the Lord, two of the best Christian folks I ever met in my life, they had a little boy. They ran a grocery store in a little town. And they had a little boy that walked in. He was nine years old. And uh, he went to my uncle and he said, if I sweep your floor, would you give me a sandwich? And my uncle said, are you hungry? And Tommy said, I haven't eaten for two days. Uncle Pete said, let's do the sandwich and then you can sweep the floor. And he fed him. And they took him home with him. And the next morning, he came to the store, and he began to work and do things around the store and help them. Three days later, his dad came into the store, and he said, I hear you got my no-good son here. He said, if you want him, you can keep him. And that began a relationship that lasted for 10 years. Tommy was often at his house. He still stayed at his folks' house at night, but he spent almost every waking hour with my aunt and uncle. He worked at the store. He was five years older than me, and I, I kind of looked at him as my hero, you know. He had a whizzer. You know what a whizzer is? It's a bicycle converted into a motorbike, and he, le he let me ride that whizzer, and when he later got a Cushman, he tried to teach me to ride the Cushman, and I never could get to keep the Cushman up. I was always, at 15, I became a Christian, and my aunt, one day, as I was there, said, have you talked to Tommy about your recent decision? And I said, no. Well, he said, you ought to tell him what happened. We can't get him to go to church. But you could speak to him. They lived on a raccoon creek, big creek. I looked out the window and Tommy was fishing. And I said, well, I'll talk to him later. I don't want to go out there because there's water snakes along that bank and I don't like snakes. Two, three, four, five days went by. 
Every day I found an excuse not to talk to Tommy. I'm just a kid, he won't listen to me. I found them all. A few days later, my uncle called me. I was back home with my folks. He said, you need to bring your, have your dad bring you, home, bring you over here. And I went over. And he said, I want to tell you. Tommy was killed in a car wreck last night. He was riding with a friend, and the friend lost control and went over an embankment. The 55 Ford rolled three times. Tommy hit the top of his head. The coroner said he was gone just like that. I'm 74 years old. One of my biggest fears is that when I get to heaven, Tommy won't be there. Because I waited, and I waited, and I found excuses. Procrastination robs us of the opportunity to share the gospel with our family, and our friends, and our loved ones, and our colleagues. All the excuses seem real at the time, but the consequences are eternal for our procrastination. The same is true about accepting the faith. I used to visit a fellow who lived next door to the church. He was a retired school teacher, one of the smartest men I ever knew. His mother was a faithful member. He, and when she got where she couldn't drive anymore, every Sunday morning at Ware's Chapel, he dropped her off at the door. And then he went home and had coffee. And I would go talk and I would reason with him and I explained the gospel to him. Sometimes I'd take a couple men from the church and we'd talk and we'd talk and we'd talk. And he was a great golfer. And one day he told me, he said, you can keep coming back. He said, and my mother talks to me and I know that I'll accept Jesus. And one of these days I will, but I'm just not ready. I don't want to commit because if I commit, I sell all out and I'll have to, I'll have to start going to church and, and I'd rather pick my mom up on Sunday and head for the golf course. And he put it off and he put it off and he put it off. One day in the hot summer sun of July, he was out on that golf course and he dropped like a rock. He waited too long, never made a decision. He always thought there was tomorrow. Can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who are near the end of life and they always say, I thought I'd have longer. You see, procrastination robs us and buries opportunity to share the gospel, to accept the gospel, to serve Jesus Christ and give him glory and honor. I'll deal with it later. There'll be other chances. There'll be a time that's more convenient. Now is the day of salvation. And this is the hour and the moment. When the Holy Spirit speaks, 
That's the time to listen. That's the time to act. That's the time to share the gospel. That's the time to accept the gospel. Because we don't have any guarantees about what comes next. And you can procrastinate about a tree that's fallen on the house in a microwave is no big deal. 89 bucks is a lot of money, but it's still no big deal compared to procrastinating about the things that have eternal consequences for ourselves and for others. Procrastination rests on false hopes. Acts 24, 26. Meanwhile, Felix also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul that he might release him. Therefore, he sent him more often and conversed with him. Sometimes we think, if I just ignore it, it'll go away. Now, if you ignore conviction and you're not a believer and the Holy Spirit's convicting you, you can harden your heart to the point where God just can't get through. And in a sense, it goes away. But you haven't dealt with the problem. Um, if I ignore it, it'll take care of itself. Listen, I don't care what it is in life. Things don't solve themselves. That electrical problem, I kept putting it off and putting it off and it just got worse. It didn't solve itself. And that's the way with many of the things in life that we procrastinate about. We say, well, if I, I, I just wait and it'll take care of itself. It, 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 it doesn't. We say, well, I'll just I'll put it off and it'll go away. It never does. It's always there. Always something to do. It will be easier to do it later. Listen, procrastination makes the easy things hard and the hard things harder. I read that quote several years ago, had it for a while on a thing on my desk. I, I, don't, I don't know who said it or where it came from, but it's absolutely true. We put off things that are easy, and because we put them off, then they become hard. And we put off things that are hard, and because we put them off, they become harder. It doesn't solve the problem. It's better to wait. No, not really. Now's the time to deal with things, especially the things that are hard, the things that are difficult, the things that we don't want to do. Mary Todd Lincoln says, my evil genius procrastination has whispered to me, tarry till a more convenient season. That 27th verse is a telling verse. But after two years, Porcius Festus succeeded Felix, and Felix wanted to do, do the Jews a favor, left all bound. Felix has procrastinated for two years making a decision about Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He's procrastinated about dealing with the truth that Paul has told him. He's procrastinated about admitting that the way is through Jesus Christ. He has talked to Paul often. He has called for him. He has had false hopes, uh, and, and he has waited for a more convenient time and then suddenly, he's replaced as governor. And a new governor comes in. And it is all over. And he has missed the opportunity altogether because he didn't do anything. 
What opportunities in your life are you liable to miss because you procrastinate? Is it accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Is it sharing your faith with someone that you really want to see when you get to heaven? What is it that you're waiting till tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that? He had every opportunity in the world. Paul was infinitely patient with him. He met with him privately. Yet he went off into eternity lost because he just couldn't bring himself to do anything. Our Heavenly Father, we pray we've learned the lesson of procrastination that our time is a gift. It's the greatest gift you give us from birth to, to, to the end. And Lord, we, we know the old story about on your gravestone, it'll have a day you were born and a day that you die. And what's important is the line in between, how you lived your life. We pray, first of all, for us as a people of God, that we will not procrastinate, that we will share our faith when we are convicted by you to share our faith for those that need the gospel, that we will be faithful to give you obedient service in all we do. We pray for those who may not know you as Lord and Savior, who have been leaning that direction, but saying, well, there's always tomorrow. There's always this opportunity. There'll be a more convenient time. As they listen to me in this sanctuary at home, we pray that you convict them by the power of the Spirit that they might know that this is the hour of salvation. This is the time for a decision. And all they have to do is admit their sin and ask Jesus Christ to forgive them of that sin. And, and eternity is set. That's all the governor needed to do. All he needed to do was say, Paul, I'm a sinner and I believe that Jesus is the way. And he would have been in eternity with you. We pray for whatever other things may be in the life of folks here it ranges from things that, that seem simple, like losing weight, to, to other changes in lifestyle, it, 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 making Bible, reading a daily habit, praying faithfully, worshiping, returning to worship after having been gone for a time. Lord, we pray that you would convict hearts to know that the time is now. And the procrastination does not solve any situation. It only makes it worse. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for another service with Grace Baptist Church. Connect with us using the social media links on our website, gbcevansville.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week.